Hey, Sean Gaby here. Welcome to the Supernatural Leadership Podcast. Hey everyone, Sean Gaby here with the Supernatural Leadership Podcast, talking about the difference between principle-led leadership and presence-led leadership. We all have a leader within. Why not make that leader a little more supernatural? Enjoy today's episode. And I showed up in the city. Um, a building was sold for a million dollars they wanted. I had no money, no people. I couldn't spell Madeira Beach. All of our churches' budgets are for those inner city churches. But yet I came here, I prayed, I sowed a radical seed somewhere, and I approached this woman and just met, I just asked the Lord, okay, I believe in Hail Mary's, it's Doug Flutie time. I'm going to come up with all the crazy things to ask to have this property. Man, I had nothing. There were churches nearby. You can't get a loan for a church in America. A million dollars, bro. I walk in the building and a voice speaks to this woman. I'm literally having a conversation with no leverage. I don't have the money. I don't have people. Why would I ever buy a million dollar building? I walk in there and a voice tells this businesswoman, I am right across the street, by the way, from the Gulf of Mexico, where ironically we did eight baptisms yesterday. I walk in and a voice tells a woman's not even a Christian. Bulgarian woman, a voice says to her. Hey everyone, welcome again to another Supernatural Leadership Podcast. My name is Sean Gaby. Thank you so much for tuning in, stopping by. Once again, if you're part of this podcast family, please share, rate, review, comment in the comments. If you've just recently subscribed to our relatively new YouTube channel, please share it. Let Spread the word with us. We want to help leaders become a lot more supernatural in their sphere of influence. Today, we are diving into part two of what we started several weeks ago with a man named James Levesque based out of Florida. And for those of you, if you if you don't know and you haven't heard the first episode, I'm just going to reintroduce him, reread a little bit of his biography to give you a little bit of a taste on, on who he is. And then we're going to dive into today's topic, which I believe actually is going to be really powerful. And for those that, uh, you know, are are leaning towards what we're going to talk about, I believe that this is going to be so crucial for your next season. And so we have James Levesque today, again, author, church planner, international speaker. He's the founder and lead pastor of a network of engaging heaven churches. He has also written Revival, Hunger and Fire and hosts the podcast Engage Heaven, along with various TV shows, including Breaking Through with James Levesque and Loving Love Living Life. James and his wife, Debbie, have three beautiful children and live in Clearwater, Florida. And so, James, welcome back again. How you doing, man? What's up, Sean? So excited, man. Round two. Good to see you. You got a new background today. Not the same as last time. What's happening? Yeah, I'm building my studio, down? man. Did it burn down? Oh, you're building your studio. <laughs> doing awesome. television now. That's awesome, man. Well, you have a lot going on. Thanks for for stopping by again, having this chat. I want to highlight something that I think was really powerful. Um, the first time that we talked first, first of all, I didn't actually know really much of your story. Um, you know, and I felt a little bit like uh, I was actually really wowed by the journey that God had taken you on as a 15 year old. And then as a 17 year old, correct me if I'm wrong, you started your first church. And I recall the story going something like you're feeding some, homeless people downtown and uh you uh i guess i don't know he was complaining about something and you said shut up and eat and now i'm your pastor something like that talk to yeah. me about that and let's move into what god is doing in your leadership in this next season around that 
Yeah. So yeah, we started, I mean, I was 17, basically started a church, my first church, uh, with a pork chop and a baked potato, you know, just went to the fridge, grabbed it, uh, dared to believe God. He asked me the question, if you could do anything and you wouldn't fail, what would you do? And I said, I would plant a church an inch away from hell, you know, and I felt the Lord say, let's do it. Sounds crazy. It's like, am I being punked? I didn't know what was going on. And then I went and fed the first homeless person and kept going back every day. You know, then I got a call from a lawyer that wanted to leave everything and help buy my first church building. And, and uh, man, I mean, you know, 40 churches later, 27 years later, 70 nations later, wow. we planted churches in many different nations of the world. And God's been so faithful, man. I mean, just from this street kid, you know, from, from Connecticut. Yeah. And so tell me about that story though, with that, that homeless guy where you kind of be like, I, I'm going to be your pastor. I'm going to be. Yeah. So I, I heated up a plate, I heated up a plate of food and the Lord said to me, the key to kill a giant is not a slingshot in a stone, right? Because we want methods. David looked down on the Jordan river and he saw smooth stones and he used what was in his hand. I didn't have a lot in my hand, right? I, all I had was a pork chop and a baked potato. But at that moment, I went down to the parking garage. I heated it up. There was a man sleeping there. Actually, they would sleep in garbage bags because you'll die and it's so cold. And I kind of, you know, called his name, shuffled him a little bit. He got out, got up, was so startled. I tried to hand him a plate of food and he's looking at me like I'm crazy. And I said, man, shut up and eat the food. I'm your new pastor. My name is James Lebeck. And I shook his hand and I told him we're going to start a church. And every single day I'm going to come down here and I'm going to start feeding you. And I'm going to start teaching you the word of God. And uh, yeah, and it just grew. I mean, it went to like 20, 30, 40, 50 in the garage, all street people, man. You know what I mean? And then it was like I started operating and getting frustrated, right? Peter's mother-in-law got healed of a headache. Okay, uh, who here needs a headache? Oh, you all do because you're a bunch of drug addicts. You know, I was like running into this like frustration of the streets. And that's when the Lord told me, you know, if you go after the ones that nobody wants, man, I'm going to give you the ones that everyone's after. And at that moment, man, I, we love the poor. I feed the poor. We feed up to a hundred now in that same city every day. And then awesome. fast forward, ironically, I'm literally in Madeira beach, Florida. We launched the church just under two years ago and it's filled with the other, it's filled with millionaires. It's filled with people that have, you know, they've, they've been super successful in life. We've had, we've had famous people here. I mean, God has created this refuge now on the beach where people are coming in from the world and they're getting transformed. And so I love both. I just love reaching people, but it's so amazing how God's been so faithful over these last 27 years, man. So, so how have you, how have you, I mean, like hearing that story, I think for some people they're thinking, well, how have you fought the temptation then to just continue on or continue planting churches, not necessarily how you started planting churches, but doing it the way that now everybody says works like the method. Cause you know, you can, it's like, we all start off a certain way, right. In our origin story, it's like raw, it's real life sets in. We have kids, we got responsibilities. We get watered down a little bit. We're like, Oh, I'm just going to do it. The, maybe the easy way, the less messy way. How do you fight that temptation? Yeah, I think, I mean, I think it's all the same principles, right? The scene changes. The bank may have a little more or less money. It doesn't matter. Like, we've got to use what we're in hand. See, planning churches has, it's not as much about red tape, bro, and all of the lines of, like, almost assessing you out of the call of God. And it's really about burning, right? Acts 4 says that they saw the faith of Peter and John. They saw their boldness. 
And they were amazed because they were unschooled and ordinary men. But here's the kicker. And this is the qualifier, bro. They could tell that they've been with Jesus. For me, that's what I'm looking for. I'm looking for flame. I'm looking for passion. I'm looking for fire because that passion, bro, is going to take cities and regions. And so, you know, for me, every time, I mean, listen, let's fast forward, bro. Two years ago, I came to Madeira Beach, Florida. There is, when I tell you there's zero churches here, there is not any. There's not even a speckled Presbyterian church. I mean, there is one, <laughs> there's one church far down the road. There's not churches on the beach, bro. So in the natural, I'm being told it's never going to work. Nobody there wants to go to church, all that kind of stuff, you know? And this is less than two years ago, man. And I showed up in a city. Um, a building was sold for a million dollars they wanted. I had no money, no people. I couldn't spell Madeira Beach. All of our churches' budgets are for those inner city churches. But yet I came here. I prayed. I sowed a radical seed somewhere. And I approached this woman and just met, I just asked the Lord, okay, I believe in Hail Mary's. It's Doug Flutie time. I'm going to come up with all the crazy things to ask to have this property. Man, I had nothing. There were churches nearby. You can't get a loan for a church in America. A million dollars, bro. I walk in the building and a voice speaks to this woman. I'm literally having a conversation with no leverage. I don't have the money. I don't have people. Why would I ever buy a million dollar building? I walk in there and a voice tells this businesswoman, I am right across the street, by the way, from the Gulf of Mexico, where ironically we did eight baptisms yesterday. I walk in and a voice tells, woman's not even a Christian, Bulgarian woman, a voice says to her, now there's investors putting billions of dollars all around my, my, little, my little town. A voice tells this woman, this is the man you're going to give your property to. Do, wow. any, do any terms that he says, because that's for the Lord. And wow. she looked at me with tears welling up. And she said, look, every investor wants to come here. They were offering me a million just for the land but you promise me something. I don't care what you do with this property. Please promise me it will always be a church. Wow. And, and by the way, it yeah. was a bar. It was a bar and a package store when she bought it and ran it. And she looked at me and said, please Man. tell me. And I, I said, I promise you. And now it happened again with the property behind me. So we are about to build a training center for the nations. And we planted this church two years ago, no money, no people. And now we're about to have an acre of land across the street. So my point is, it doesn't change. You know what I mean? Like what the, the crackhead was one thing and the multi-million dollar building is another, but it's the same belief. Like God can do anything. And I, and I believe that church planning, like planning new churches means reaching new people, bro. And I'm convinced that it's the greatest way for us to see cities and regions taken. That's amazing. Let me ask you a question. I think, I mean, so many amazing things in what you just said, and it's all supernatural to me because you would have right. not, I mean, if that businesswoman did not hear that voice, the voice of God say to her, this is the guy, which I think is a lot of the myth sometimes in these things not happening is you don't have maybe the business people that are in tune with something like that because that may not feel like a lot of money to her, but it's a big step because she could make, she could she could have made more money probably selling Way it to more. somebody else. So she's losing money, but gaining eternity. So right. like it takes a mature business person to think that way here, lean into that. But let me just ask you this question in your 
sort of like school of thought when it comes to church planting. I know there are some people out there listening and they're like, man, I'm not like as radical as this guy. Like I feel called to plant a church, but I just don't feel I got to do it like sort of the methodical way. I'm going to, you know, go to this conference or go to this person because they planted a church and I'm just going to, you know, do it the typical way. Like, what do you say to those guys that just feel like I can't do it like that way? Like, what do you say to them? Yeah. You know, church planting in North America has, um, dude, it's on life support. Let's be real. The, the biggest church planting organizations we know are not planting a ton of churches. One did 50 churches last year. One did, I think it was a mid 2000 study that basically said uh, there were like 5,000 churches that closed and only 2000 opened in like 2012. Like the reality is why we have red taped and we've assessed ourselves out of the presence of God. We've taken something that in the early church, they burned with God, right? They didn't, you tell me after Pentecost, they needed assessments for everyone in Asia to hear the word of the Lord for two years, right? So yeah, it, it's, yeah, why, totally. why, why, why do we have all this red tape? Because right. we're scared. We're scared that the wrong person is going to become a pastor. Well, I think we literally hit that. I think that's where we are right now. When you look at first Timothy three, all the um, criteria yep. of being a pastor yeah. Bro, the, all you have to do is be with Jesus and you're not going to be cheating on your spouse and you're not going to be taking money and you're not going to be acting crazy. We're so scared yeah. to launch pastors that don't have the right character right. that now most people sit at home and go, I can't do that. I can't do that. I couldn't do that. I wouldn't pass these assessments. There'd be oh. no baptisms in the ocean if I, if I followed that. So I think it comes down to disruptive thoughts, like not in an unhealthy way, in yeah. a holy way. Are we willing to ask God, what does it look like in this century to see healthy churches planted? Like, where are these people? You know what I mean? They might be sitting right. at home. It could be an average person. So I hope that so, didn't take it too crazy. Yeah. So like, what do you think? I mean, this is like, we could really banter here a little bit. Cause like, what do you think about the, this, you're a leader. You've been a leader in the church world for a long time. I've been a leader in the church world for a long time. I've seen a lot of crap seen a lot of stuff a lot of people fall a lot of people that maybe shouldn't be on the platform on the platform you know a lot of a lot of man, let's say managing chaos right that's that's the life of a leader often is that you're managing chaos at times there's seasons of that ebbs and flows like what would you say to the person that says well how do i know that i'm supposed to plant a church like, what would you say i mean yeah we have the elder qualifications we have the titus we have sure. the timothy we have sure. sort of like the baseline foundations. Like you got to be not sure. a drunk, you know, right. love your family, yeah, manage sure. your household, right. you know, all that right. kind of stuff. All but, those things. So, but what, what would you, so outside of that, let's say someone has all those things. What right. would you say go a little deeper is really the qualification of someone who should actually be the planter and not just be on the team planting. Sure. I think a few things, you know, I think that, First of all, a church planter, they burn to plant churches. They're entrepreneurs, man. You know what I mean? Like, dude, the devil is not sitting in someone's ear going, you should plant a church, man. This is your, like, come on, bro. When I was hearing this, I knew it wasn't the devil. Church people were not going to tell me to go plant a church, but neither would the devil. You know what I mean? So 
what, what is our motive? Are it's we true. just trying to be the boss? Are we just trying to get noticed? It's not going to work, bro. But if you love people and you burn, like I burned to preach the gospel, I burned to teach. I love people. Like I literally could be the evangelist. That's not my, that's not my fulfillment, bro. My fulfillment is baptizing people, meeting with people, loving families like that is what thrills my heart to watch communities of people grow in the Lord and whole families come to God. Like that burns in my heart. We that, that is your qualifier. Like if you're, if you're one, if you, if you know, like I really want to do this. And I think that's when you take that first step because this, this current Christian structure is not conducive to dreamers. Like this current setup, you're not allowed yeah. to dream, dude. It's more like you better fit this mold. It's almost like we're guilty until proven innocent. Like these assessments, yeah, it, like you can't dream. But but you know what? In the Bible, when they touch God, think about this, dude. The church at Antioch. Think about this. The Antioch church. At one point, now Syria, it was even over the church of Jerusalem. It was so powerful. Dude, we're Bible guys. You couldn't tell me who started the church. Any, we're yeah. talking about Antioch, bro. Book of Acts. Paul and Barnabas staying. We don't even know who did it. Why? Because the Bible says Stephen was martyred and believers spread out all over. Yeah. And some dude was like, let's just keep doing what this, let's just keep doing the stuff. Bro, I, I will take that every day of the week. Wow. Then these institutionalized pieces of flesh that come out, and I'm not against education, I'm training and coaching pastors now. But they come out with head knowledge, no heart connection. Yeah. They look at it as a career track instead of a call. Yeah. And they're not effective in what they're trying to do, man. Well, and that's the issue. I think that's I think that's kind of what I was where I was going with the question too, is that you have so many people that have the head knowledge. So they maybe came from the business world. They're like, I'm gonna plant a church, I'm gonna be methodical, and maybe it works to some degree. But maybe they're not supposed to be the one that carries it. And then, you know, pandemic happens. Everything falls through the cracks and all these churches close down. Well, I wonder, did these churches close down because they were built on a faulty foundation? Did these churches close down? Because the pandemic, I mean, you know, this didn't make anybody crazy. It just revealed the crazy that was already there. If you had cracks, I mean, everything was getting exposed. Relationally, your church culture, everything. It was all getting filtered out. So yeah. I think, I, I wonder, I'm like, you know, there's these people that come out with head knowledge. They don't have the heart, like you said. They have this idolatrous view of like, what it's, I'm going to be the church planner. Like, it's not like I want to plant a church because I want to see the kingdom. And I, 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 I'm I, making a generalization here. Like, I'm not making a judgment right. on everyone's heart. But like, it seems as though you go through these educational systems, you get the knowledge and you have this idolatrous view of the end goal after the education is done that I'm going to be the man and all all is going to be good. But that's just not reality. Like you have to no. know that you have the grace of God to support that specific calling. And it takes some time doing it to figure that out. What do you think about that? Hey, everyone, before we continue on with this interview, exciting news, the Supernatural Leadership School just launched a brand new e-course, The Voice of God Module 2. This module is going to take your leadership journey to a whole new level. If you thought Module 1 was good, we're diving way deeper in this one. So I want to encourage you, register today, over 17 videos, packed 
with amazing supernatural content that I know is going to encourage, strengthen, and transform your supernatural leadership journey. Yeah, I do. I think I think pastoring is a little different than church planning, but I think you're basically you know if you're an entrepreneur, a self-starter, somebody that's a pioneer, like you know those are giftings that God gave you, right? It is like entrepreneurs are like they take big risks and they're willing to spend money and they're willing to go out on a limb. Most people play it safe, Sean. Most people are not trying to take risks in life. Most people don't move within 40 miles of where they were born. My mother passed a few years ago. She died on floor two. She was born on floor four. And for 78 years, wow. that was her life. You know what I mean? Like wow. I look at I look at that and I'm like, that's wow. not a life to me. You know what I mean? Yeah. But so so if somebody's there and they're wanting to do it, like I look, I'll tell you this. I was at an AG church, your typical church, and I'm up in a prayer meeting with the pastor. I don't think I'm qualified. I'm not gonna pass their assessments. I'm like a troubled kid to them. And the pastor wraps up prayer and, and points to the sanctuary below us. And he goes, you know how many people down there have the call of God in their life and they're not doing nothing? It's, it's more people than you'll ever know. They're not doing what they're called to do. I'm sitting there at 16, bro. And I'm like, I'm out. I'm out. <laughs> and, 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 I said, and I said to the Lord, you, I, would rather, I would rather somebody one day go, Remember James Levesque and he jumped out of the boat and got and burned and crashed. I'd rather you say that about my life yeah, than ever say yeah. that I'm, I'm sitting down there with the call of God in my life and I'm not doing nothing. So Come on. I, yeah. I, w I was willing to roll the dice You're because I man. knew You're preaching right now, man. I'm like, feeling, right. the, I'm feeling <laughs> the energy here. <laughs> Come on, Sean, we're playing churches. So anyway, I, I was, I was ready to roll the dice, man, and just take a risk to see, am I crazy? And then I realized like my crazy was validated. I love that, man. Like I, I was just going to add, like I'd rather be the Peter that sinks than the John, let's say that stays in the boat. Let's go. I'd let's rather go, be the, and, and to me, he's, he still walked on the water. Let's go. You know? And he learned something that none of the other disciples learned that it's possible to walk on the water. Cause he did. Come on, man. And I think Come that on. that's to me, like whether it's church planning or anything in life, the boat is never the safest place to be. It's always right. the water. It's always the dangerous place with the Lord. It's never the safe place with man. It's the dangerous place with God. And That's I think true. we always, we miss it. We, we forget. We think that God is always this safety. Yes, he's safe, but in the danger. Like his safety right. is for Come the on. dangerous life, the disruptive right. life that we're called to live. And so, true, man. so you have this passion. I mean, like it's taken you 27 years. <clears throat> to to come to this this place where you just realize man i'm i'm like now i'm scaling up a little bit like you're i, I see you like you're scaling up a wall a whole new new dimension in your life and you're launching this whole class around planting churches are you doing this and i want you to like explain a little bit of what you're doing are you doing this like with the i'm just going to use methodology i know we've kind of used that term loosely like sort of the pork chop potato way as far as like, just go in there on the street, like I'm your pastor, kind of like you did with the homeless guy. Or, I mean, I, I know I'm sure you've developed stuff in the last 27 years that it's just not all that. Tell us about your sort of what it looks like to plant a church the James Levesque way. Sure. Yeah. We launched uh, a site that you can go to called startachurchfromscratch.com. 
start a church from scratch. And basically I'm bringing people in for five days, going to dump my life into them about the five things to do to plan a church. And then we'll have some sort of mentorship after that. But what, what I'm looking for is me. I'm looking for the young man and he could be 50 years old, Sean. He could be, I don't care. I'm looking for me, somebody that burns for God. You know, I was at the, I was at the watch dealer, the jewelry store. And this guy was telling me he's a successful Rolex dealer. He was telling me that he went to Bible school. And, and then he said to me, but I wake up every day and wonder if I missed my destiny because I wow. didn't say yes to God. Bro, bro, Ooh. listen, I, I, I'm looking, I'm looking oh, for you. I'm looking for you. I'm looking for you. And I did, I prophesied over my laid hands on him because that's who I'm looking for. I'm not looking for the qualified, bro. I'm looking for those that, that burn and then God will call, God will qualify the call. You know what I mean? He doesn't, yeah, yeah. we don't, he don't call the qualified. And so I'm looking for me. I'm just looking for a young, there's no system for me, bro. I remember, I think I told you, I remember writing a letter to the assemblies of God superintendent. Thomas Trask. And I'm like, what are you going to tell me? I'm on the streets. Miracles, bro. I'm seeing, I'm burning to plant a church in my house and I don't fit your system. Then what's your answer? And he literally told me, find a Paul to your Timothy. He said, I feel God all over your letter. I know you're called find a Paul. Wow. I wouldn't even fit the system. So guess what? That's what I'm giving you now. I'm giving myself to help other Jameses and whoever Shannon's to launch and believe God. And, you know, somebody was, was asking me, well, I remember years ago, a young man came to me, said, I'm, I just want to start a church. I, I just can't, I can't, I, you know, it's too hard. And I said, bro, this is what I told him to do. I said, I said, I said, um, open your house, invite people, open the word, share your life, go plan a church. That's right. it, bro. Stop playing with process. me, man. That's it, dude. That's it. Share your life and invite people open your house, open the word, let's go. And and now he has a successful church. Now he's on his second property that he's buying. So, Man, you know, we, come we, on. It's awesome. Yeah. So I just, I, I think we've got to like, let's normalize church planning, please. Let's stop making it something that's only for an elect amount of people that are in their fifties with a collar. Like, dude, my city needs Jesus, man. As I was, as I was meeting with that woman for that building on the beach, there was a man in his boat with his family in the, in, as the sun's going down and he's screaming, God, where are they? You said you would send somebody to come help us here. Where's the pastor? Why isn't he answering the call? I'm Wild. dying here spiritually as I'm getting Wild. the property. Wild. <laughs> Wild. That is awesome, man. And you, and like you moved there though. Not like because it like did you move to where you are now for something else? Like this is like this is relatively new, right? Yeah, a couple of years ago, just over two years ago, we moved to uh, Tampa to do uh, CTN for my breaking through program. Okay, and uh, I, I was on five days a week on the airwaves. I was just taking a step of faith. I knew the owner of the station really well, and yeah. uh, he would later pass sadly. And then I just you know I knew I would always have a church. It wasn't what I came for. And then, and then as that building opened up, I realized that I was going for it again, but this so you didn't know me, going in, you didn't know this was going to like, you didn't have it. That wasn't, wow. No, man. I got all the churches in Connecticut right now that I run. So I was flying back and forth every week to all my congregations up there. I oversee actively like 10 churches. I'm preaching in them, Montana, all over. So I'm, I'm all Canada. So like I'm actively busy 
And then I realized like God was ready to give me a, a legacy moment where wow. I would see a training center established and I would give the next season of my life into dumping all that I've learned into, into people to do what God's called them to do. So you're, you're like, I don't even call it a system, but system, your way of doing this is necessary. Like if I'm wrong, correct me here. Sounds like it's more of the hands-on approach. You're looking for a, you, you're going to coach a, you yeah. let it's less about like, go through my course, do these systems, you know, right. check off these boxes. It's more about you one-on-one -on -one mentoring these guys right. that, or these women. Is that what you're saying? Yeah, absolutely. Now I, I will have a course eventually. We'll have a church planning university, but it's not, it's not curriculum, bro. It's more like me coaching you. There'll be a system video scripture theology, but it's really the personal one-on-one -on -one touch. Like I, like we've got to redefine training, bro. These people think about it. And I love all these Bible schools. I've preached at all of them, Reading, Toronto, I've been in all of them. What are we doing? Like, what are they just like helps ministry? Are we just looking to get some helpers on a cell? Like, what are we doing? There's no church planning anything for anybody. We go through, and here's what I see. Oh, I went to this school for four years. Now I'm at this one. Oh, now I'm here. Now I'm at this one. It's like, what are we doing? Like, we thought we were in ministry school. Where's the ministry part of it? Like, we need to see churches planted and people launched out, pioneers released. So, you know, these schools yeah. are incredible and, and they were all for an amazing season, but we need personal mentoring. We need fathers yeah. to take sons, mothers to take daughters, and let's launch people. Because here's the misconception. The Bible says, train up a child in the way they should go. Boom. Not in the way you should go. In the way they should go. I'm not yeah. looking for a church planner to be me or have my journey or my story. Yeah. I'm finding their story. Yeah. Like how they're wired, how they're called by God. What are their strengths? What are their, like, I want to empower people to do their journey and just give them tools that I've learned over the last 27 years. Man. So you, I, I think that's, that's amazing. I really like getting fired up about this because I feel like what you're doing is you're unraveling the complication that has shrouded church planting. Like you're, okay. I see it like you're unraveling it. And it's, I almost think, man, you should have called your, your, uh, your website uncomplicated church planning. Cause that's what it sounds exactly. like to me. Like exactly, taking, bro. taking the complications. Cause I love it. It's just raw. It's right. real. It's personable. It's kingdom. Right. And I think that there's so much good. And this is why we do this. I mean, it's a supernatural leadership podcast. There's so many good leadership podcasts out there. We're not trying to say right. that. You know, this is the one. There's so many that I love leadership podcasts. And right. so many of those leadership podcasts out there are built upon principle. My hope is that these conversations, the content that comes out on this channel is less built on principle and built on presence that yes. operates within principle. It's a big difference. Amen. Jesus was a presence-led leader that operated within principle. He was not a principle-led leader that sometimes had the presence. And that's what you're doing. You're planting churches from like a raw presence-driven mentality. Yeah. And I love that. What would you say to the hyper, like, I'm sure that no cessationists probably listen to my podcast, but what would you say to like the conservative guy 
that maybe is on a new journey into the supernatural that says they have all the systems. They're really smart. They're brilliant. They have all that. They struggle with the supernatural. I mean, if they're listening to this, they're probably on a journey. What would you say to them in this process of planting a church? Yeah. I think, anything, I, think, I feel like there's principles that apply. Sure. I think this is the hour to lift your anchor, not drop your, I mean, not to drop your anchor, but lift your sail. Wow. Like we, we, we try to find safety in anchoring, but this is not that season. As we lift our sail, the wind of the Holy Spirit takes over. And I promise you, like God is not like God's ability to keep you is greater than the enemy's ability to deceive you. And, and there's so much fear-based Christianity, theology, deception out there. And I can tell you, when I lift my sail, the wind of God blew me to places that I never thought I would be. And so it's hard to take that first step. So if they're listening to the podcast, listen to more episodes, embrace the Holy Spirit, just lift a little sail and watch the wind of God start to wow. take. It's supernatural. This is not me, Sean. I'm not this good. It's supernatural. It's the wind behind you. And you're like, dude, I'm not this good. You know what I mean? Like, yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm not good enough to come down here. And you know what I mean? Like it, it took this in Madeira for me to go, wow, maybe I have some tools here that I need to start giving to other people. Cause I really know what, you know what I mean? I have done yeah. this. There's right. a grace. It's only a grace, but if we don't have the supernatural, then we're going to keep ripping it. We're going to keep ripping it down to man's agenda and man's methods. And we're going to constantly try to give God credit for what we could have done without the Lord. And when we're talking about supernatural, it is super natural. You can't do it by men. You can't do it by training. It is the wind of training alone. It's the wind of God that takes our sails. That's amazing. So let me ask for one spoiler and maybe it's not a spoiler because we'll, we'll I'll pick your brain on this. And then be, and then I want you to really dive into how people can register for your webinar. You have a sure. webinar coming yeah, up, yeah. which is when? When's that, yeah. when's that coming up? Uh, is I, that? I'm doing them on Tuesday. So I, the next two Tuesdays, I'll be doing a webinar. Okay. Um, but everything they need is startedchurchfromscratch.com because okay. June, June 13th, we launched five days of a challenge. Started Church From Scratch. And I'm telling you, for one hour a day, I'm giving everything that I've learned that you need to plan a church. Five that steps. Starts June 14th. Okay. June so, 14th. Yeah. So maybe one spoiler. I don't know if this is a spoiler. Let me tell me if it is or yeah. not, but I'm sure unless you're like superhuman and you're like unfazed by anything that in 27 years of church planning, there may have been a moment where you're like, I don't want to do this anymore. Or it may have been a moment where I don't think I can handle this anymore. Tell us about yeah. that moment and how you overcame it. Yeah. So in the early days of playing the church, you know, if you read, if you look at my tattoos, I got tattoos everywhere. I, in the early days, I put, I put a tattoo here and it says death before dishonor. Um, wow. I wasn't ready. I wasn't ready for betrayal, man. I wasn't ready. Cause I'm all in, like, I'll go mm-hmm. down with the ships, bro. If we're not sin, I'm saying if we're boys, I'm with you. I'm going to, I'm going to guide you, stand with you. I'm going to tell you the truth. I'm, we're going to pursue the, the best of God, but I'm, I'm so loyal and I wasn't ready for betrayal, man. I wasn't ready to open my life up to people that, w- that, I, that to me was a priority, but to them, it was an option. You know what I mean? And so in the early days, I probably was a little more hurt because I put too much into like you being with me forever. Cause that's what I'm in this for. You know, I would do, I would do crazy things like, like ask my leaders for a 50 year commitment. I literally put a contract in front of them. 
I'm like, bro. Sorry. I'm like, yo. My my <laughs> wife's like, what? That's what. That's wild. My my, my wife's that's like, faith. what do you? That's doing? a step of faith right there. Bro, I've ever heard one, bro. And they signed it, and they're reminding me of their tenure. Bro, I'm um, calling this episode 50-year contract church planning uh, core team leadership. <laughs> I did. I put a contract because I thought I'm marrying this vision and I don't oh. want you to just date it. So here's what oh, here's what it. you here's what you need to understand in the contract. We're gonna not get along at times. We're gonna be frustrated with each other. But this contract tells us that we're here for a greater vision, which is seeing cities transformed, lives transformed. And and I've never referred to the contract after it. It was more of a faith thing. But but the reality is I wasn't ready for betrayal. And so the Bible does say in the day of his power, people will freely give. And what, what I wish I learned early is that when betrayal comes, God will bring you other faithful partners. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like, like we spend so much energy on who's not in the room, who's not answering true. the call, who's not on board. It's like we have to stop worrying. If they're not here, it's okay. They do them, we'll do us. My call wasn't a conference call and you ain't got the number anymore. But as soon as one would exit, Sean, another would come. But I would be so worried and hurt because of this, trying to clear something up over here, and I'm missing a partner in a building piece for the next season. Come on. And so it takes Wisdom a lot right of there. hurt. Yeah, it takes a lot of hurt and some tattoos. But now, like, like here's one <laughs> thing. Here's one thing I learned about church planning. Here's here's a secret. You know what scaffolding is on a building? <laughs> yeah. Yeah. When you build a building, they need scaffolding for a season. And guess what? The scaffolding comes down. Here's a freebie, bro. When you're building a church, some people are scaffolding and it's okay. God will bring them here like just to get just to get things started and they're supposed to leave and you know it's okay. Not everybody's here for the long haul. Some will be, but I wasn't ready for the scaffolding wow. to fall off, bro. I thought it was betrayal and personal, but it needed to come down. Well, it's like, you know, yeah, that's powerful, man. You know, Judas needed to betray Jesus for him to fulfill right. ultimately his destiny, build the biggest building ever called salvation, right. miracles, gospel, you know, kingdom. It's true. Healing, you know, eternity. So I think uh, I, I love that. So you're not in your course or in your challenges and all the things you're doing coming up. You're not suggesting that people need to sign a 50 year contract. No, <laughs> not at all. You no, need to man, find no. 10 people that will commit to 50 years. <laughs> a hundred awesome. year vision. That's awesome. No, I, I appreciate, you know, th those moments when you're, when you're green in leadership and you make these radical sort of like expectations, like they're, they're genuine. They're not like ill will. Oh. They're not like, mm -hmm. you know, there's no real ill intention with it. It's just genuinely, you want to see this thing. Right. You know what you believe it's intended to do. And so you do all these things right. to safeguard, maybe to protect, to honor. And you think it's a good thing until you realize after, hey, like that doesn't work. And I would say to echo everything you just said, I've learned my most valuable lessons in leadership through seasons where I felt betrayed, whether or not it wow. was real betrayal or just right. feeling betrayed, because there's two different things. Totally, betrayal, man. And there's feeling betrayed. And I've had to navigate what how feeling betrayed is different than being betrayed. So good. And and sometimes in those seasons, they're mixed. You don't know. You cannot discern right. from the two, right? And I've had to learn, I think the I've learned the most valuable lessons. And I'd have to say that I've become a better leader, not a bitter leader. 
through the hardest moments that either felt like betrayal or were betrayal. And I'm thankful for them. I'm thankful. I'm not calling everybody that's ever left me a Judas, but I'm thankful for the ones that have been like a Judas in my life. And I'm thankful for the ones that you just exited the season because they needed to go for their sake. It's good for them. They're building, they're doing what God's called them to do. I hope I believe. And, and they couldn't come into the next season with me. God had to exit some to introduce some others. And I think that happens so much in leadership. And if we can get that man, we win a lot more. So, Okay, so I love that, man. Oh, you're like firing up. We could go into this. This is a whole other topic. Betrayal is a whole other crazy, crazy leadership topic. Topic, but um, okay. So people want to sign up for your webinar. It's coming June 14th is your official launch. We're yeah. gonna put all the info in the description. So how yeah. to start a church dot com is that what it is? Nope, start a church from scratch dot com. Start a church from scratch dot com, and yeah. uh, in the next two weeks, even though this episode's gonna come out a little bit later um you're doing webinars now when do those we- do those webinars keep going through the month of june nope there's just going to be two so i'm doing one tomorrow and then one next tuesday so that's why it may not launch at the right time but as soon as those webinars are done i'm going to be doing them twice a month like the beginning of each month so I'll, i can give you links to both for the webinar and the uh the started church from scratch challenge so we're awesome. going to be running. We're going to be running challenges once a month to help empower people to plant churches. We're going to be running free webinars, one-hour webinars, a couple times a month, and then and then shortly after, we're going to launch. You know, hopefully, a church planting university where I can. You know, we'll take certain applications and I can mentor people in planting churches. And I'm assuming this is like international. This is not just like North America. Oh yeah, no yeah. We got a church in New Glasgow, Nova Scotia. We have I plant a church in Africa. Oh yeah. Nova Scotia, man, my, my, uh, my land, man. I don't live in Nova Scotia, but my land, Canada. That's awesome, man. Yeah, man. You're, you're part, you're part Canadian, really. Yeah. My wife's Vancouver. Awesome. Yeah. That's awesome, yeah. man. Well, this is, this is awesome, man. I, I want to encourage everybody. Your activation for this episode is to check out James, uh, his websites, uh, all the stuff that he's doing with the webinars and his, um, uh, challenges and the, this website that he's launching check it out if you know people that feel called to plant a church you know people that have a desire or even interested like curious about it i would encourage you to share this with them get them connected nothing to lose uh but everything potentially to gain i know that so, god's gonna do amazing things what were you gonna say i i also i haven't even really announced this but i have a i have an ebook called am i called to plant a church um, I can, I'll give it to you and you can send it to whoever, whatever listener want it. We can email it out. That's awesome. That's awesome. Yeah. I, I'm sure it's somewhere in the book. It's like 50 year contract tattoos. <laughs> no. <in> your head. <laughs> no, <I'm just> joking. <laughs> That's awesome though, man. Hey, I really appreciate this conversation oh, and you, uh, really hoping that everybody listening to this or watching this is getting something from it. Um, you know, pulling some, some truth, some, some nuggets of wisdom from this to plant in this next season. And and I would say this, even if you're in business, if you're in other areas of life, like some of these things, these principles that you may learn from even just being on the webinar or being in, you know, the course or something, I'm sure you'll learn something, take something from it, even for other areas of your life. Was that, is that a true statement? Absolutely. Yeah. Ministry launching, personal development. Absolutely. Awesome. Well, James, thank you so much. Really appreciate your time. And thank you to all the listeners out there. Once again, my name is Sean Gaby with the Supernatural Leadership Podcast. We believe everyone has a leader within. 
So we're we're hoping and we believe that that leader can become a lot more supernatural. Until next time. If this podcast has been an investment into your life and or impacted you in any way, we are incredibly thankful. We would love for you to join us in being able to continue bringing leadership content like this every month. Of course, it does not come without a cost, and our heart is to continue bringing you more improved quality and content. If you would like to partner with us with a one-time financial gift or to sign up as a monthly partner, you can do so at kingdomculture.ca. Thank you for listening to the Supernatural Leadership Podcast.